happy Monday to you and you and you and you. You guys, I hope you have, I look crazy a little bit. Oh, that's just the shadow. Weird. Um, hope you guys have an amazing weekend. I definitely had a hectic weekend. As you know, it was the Academy Awards weekend. Hey, Connie. Um, so there's a lot of running around and running around and moving and shaking, but I had an amazing time and I can't wait to share the footage when I get the footage with all of y'all. Um, what else? We will have April here. She's running a little bit late, but she will be here so we can talk all things 90 Day Fiance the other way. Uh, I thought I would just pop on because I don't really often get to like jump in the chat as much as I like to. Hey, Dustin. Oh, Carol, thank you. Appreciate it. I feel like I was looking a little scrubbish after this weekend because I'm like, mm. I was like nipped and tucked everywhere. <laughs> So now I'm just like, whatever. Um, did any of you guys watch the awards and were there any surprises for you? Did, were you surprised by any of the winners or lack thereof? Uh, definitely let me know. A lot of surprises, I thought. But a lot of good things, you know? A lot of good things as well. So um, what else do I got going on? Uh, Patreon subscribers, I'm going to make up uh, news and gossip to you sometime soon. Uh, lots going on in news and gossip, like a lot. Uh, had a very interesting conversation today. And uh, just, you know when you're just filled with information, you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> hey, Stevie. Um, the winners all showed genuine gratitude. Oh, yes, agreed. So Carol said she was surprised that Jamie won, though it didn't upset her. She thought that all the winners showed genuine gratitude. <clears throat> um, hey, Rebecca. Hey, girl. Hey. There she is. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Sorry to be tardy to the party. That's okay. We're having a little talk about the Academy Awards and all the things that happened out in LA this weekend. Okay. Um, Hey. hey, April. Hi, Amanda. Hey. Um. So yeah, it was it was a good weekend. Definitely, if you guys are not following me on Linda So Girly, go ahead and follow that page. You'll see all um the celebrity interviews and red carpet stuff there. That being said, uh, we're gonna get the show started. Yes. Party popping. Um, bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show. I'll have that up for a little bit, and it'll pop it off. Um. April, happy Monday. Happy Monday. How you doing? It's, it's a Monday and it's doing the things that Mondays do. I have court tomorrow at 830. Oh, wow. So I just try to make sure I have everything together. This this judge is particular. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we won't keep you forever oh. as per usual. Uh, Amanda says, y'all, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you need to get in because the tea is scalps. Scathing? Scalding? Scalding. It's always scalding. There's always something going on, for sure. Thank you for the shout-out, Amanda. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of this episode, April? I loved this episode, okay? Because Tell me more. I mean, I'm coming in as a Gabe fan. So, obviously, like, I love all the conversation and education they're doing on this episode. Um... And I just, I don't know. I, I felt good watching it. 
Nobody made me, nobody made me angry or go, what, what is their problem? Really? <laughs> no. That's amazing. I'm so glad you're, you're co-hosting <laughs> this season with me because I obviously am the opposite. I thought <laughs> everyone except for Gabe and Isabel were problematic. I have a little like soft spot for Debbie, but everyone else I was like, mm, I'm about to tell you right now, if you want a spoiler or I'm going to go ahead and spoil it from my gut. And my gut says none of these fools last except for Gabe and Israel. Isabel. I don't know why I keep calling her Israel. Isabel. I don't think any of them last. And I mean, I even have a spoiler. If you go to my uh, Instagram, I just popped it up before we came live. There's someone who's already spoiling it because this person is already back home. So like, Casey Cruz. Hmm. Okay. Amanda says uh, they better have paid Gabe extra for spilling all those beans. Love him and Isabel together. Uh, and Carol says Linda agree. That was obvious last night. Yeah, listen. None of these fools about to make it, but <laughs> what do I know? Maybe, maybe I don't care about certain people enough to feel bothered by them. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what happens. All right, let's start with Jen and Rishi. Okay. Okay, so she's obviously still mad. She feels like Rishi's lying to her, and she feels, like, confused and horrified that she's just finding out that they've been looking for a wife for him for the last two and a half years. And so she goes to this quote, and I'm saying quote because I want to also know what you think. She goes to this fitness class where she has a friend who is a fitness guru? I don't know. It's like no fitness class I've ever seen before. <laughs> um, and so she's been going to this class apparently 8.30 every morning for the last little while. And this fitness instructor has now become her therapist, her friend, her confidant, her her everything. Advisor. I don't know. It was like a voice advisor as well. I felt like I was in like an acting class 101 with the breathing. Like there was a lot going on, April. Not a lot of exercise, but just a lot of movement. Yeah, it was it was it was like no Zumba class I've ever been to. And then the breathing reminded me of <laughs> Oh woo! Oh woo! Okay, sorry. Have you ever had any reason to go to any of those kind of like Lamas breathing classes, the old school kind? Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> those that's what it reminded me of facts but i've also been in yoga classes where they end and they're like now breath of fire and everyone else seemed to know what to do and i was just confused by it everyone just was <laughs> I, I i'd never seen that before i never went back to that class again yeah so maybe it's something that i just don't know and if you all watching you know what kind of class it was what it's called and all of that please let me know but i just thought there was a lot of stuff going on that didn't make any type of sense to me. And then I felt like the other three girls that were working out April were treated like extras, like class over. Okay, go get your stuff and get the hell out. Cause we're about to have therapy now. Therapy session. Yeah. She was sweating so hard and I was like, they were moving a lot, but I don't know if it warrants how much you're sweating. <laughs> you, you were only in there for five minutes. Right. That part. And you were late. So like, what did you even do? So they sit down and have their little tat tat tat. And uh, she's saying to Deer that she doesn't trust Rishi. She feels like the chemistry's down. The chemistry's down because she's doubting him. She tells him that, you know, she hasn't been introduced as a fiance. 
tells him like, hey, he's looking for other wives. They're trying to do this arranged marriage. And Deer, her friend slash fitness instructor, thinks that Rishi's making a fool of her and that he she should confront him and say, listen, lay it all out. Tell him all the things, because if this is supposed to be your future husband, this is your life. And this is your for a lifetime. And he's like, I'm not talking about what will happen in the future, whether you guys will make it, but you need to have those conversations. What were yes. your thoughts? Loved it. I agree with everything that he said, except for when he said, well, if the son wants it, then it's likely to happen. And do you have pillow talk? I want pillow talk because I want to see what Jenny and Samit have to say watching this. Well, it's funny that you said that because my Patreon subscribers know that we just had an interview uh, this past week. I told you it was a busy week with uh, Jenny's daughter, Christina. And Ooh. Christina really gave us some tea. So Patreon subscribers, you guys, if you missed the live, it's up on your Patreon. Um, and you, I was going to say, you would think that they learned something from Jenny and Samit because the sun might want it all day long. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. Does not. Right. So <clears throat> he goes on to say that she needs clarification from Rishi. Um, and so she's just gonna, decided that she's going to lay it all out there and confront him. Although I find it interesting that she, I find like she communicates better with others. And then as soon as it's time to talk to Rishi, she doesn't get directly to the point. Like she's just like all over the place. And it's yes. weird to me. She's you know very what much I mean? And yeah. she, really, she she never gets an answer when she does talk to him. She just rambles. And then he says something just like when she asked him if he was seeing other people while she was away, there's just like some rambling and then there's never any answer. Yeah. Because she needs to be more direct. If yeah. you want to know something, you guys be direct so that people know exactly what you're talking about. When you're like all over the place, they can just answer all over the place too. And then you get frustrated because you feel like your answer, your question wasn't a answered but you didn't really ask a question. You just kind of talked. Yeah. So um, one of the things that like April said, uh, Deer said was that the mom and son relationship is very strong in India and it's hard to like break that bond. And oftentimes the mom wants things to be a certain way and the son wants to be uh, have things a certain way. But in the end, Deer says that the mom will do anything for the son. Um, which, you know, again, have we not learned anything from Samit and Jenny? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why she thinks that that is a real possibility. Right. Because well, also, why would you want that? If, if, if I am in a situation where somebody tells me I will have to convince my mom that it's okay for you to be a part of my family, I'd be like, we're good. Yeah. Also, that part. I'm not interested. That part. And if it has to be uh deception from the jump you have to like do this and that maybe maybe that's not the person for you i don't know however again jenny and submit lasted and what it's been 10 years so maybe it's worth the hoopla no. i'm gonna go ahead and say no and the reason why is because like a lot of times people measure whether it was worth it or not by whether the couple's still together i don't like all the heartache and crying that jenny went through i would rather not have that than to be like, well, we we made it for ten years. Okay, I don't care. I was you were hurt in that process. I don't want that. I'd rather have three years with somebody who wants me and treats me well. Interesting. 
Carol says, I watched Pillow Talks meeting Jenny, laughed about the mother going <laughs> along with what the son wants. <laughs> Okay. So <clears throat> Rishi shows up uh, and it was another festival. It's the kite festival. And so they celebrate flying kites in the sky. They do kite battles. And part of what that is, is they believe that um, after a month long sleep, God woke up and they celebrate it by flying their kites all over the place. And part of that, I was thinking like when they were talking and you guys, I'm just joking. So like, I'm not, I'm just joking. But I was thinking they're having these kite battles. I don't know if God would be with these kite battles because part of the kite battle is you try to cut off the other person's kite and then you scream, I cut your kite as it falls to the ground. And I was like, I mean, I like all the kites. I would like to fly a kite, but what I don't want is for you to mess up my kite. <laughs> So I do also think that it's interesting that Rishi, when he comes over to Jen's place, he always has an activity for them to do. It's almost like he doesn't want to have the conversation. So let's do something. Let's do yoga. Let's fly a kite. Let's go for a walk. Let's go on my motorcycle, you know? Mm -hmm. He's trying to have some kind of activity to distract her. Yeah. Um, and probably also, they probably have given him some kind of instruction. Like, we need you guys to be doing something on camera, right? Right. So it's not so boring. Right. Not just sitting there. Right. So <clears throat> they do the kite thing. And then Jen asks, you know, when do you think your family is going to be comfortable with me? Um, I want you to just be honest. She starts freaking out. And I'm like, well, what is she already mad about? Because you asked one question and the question wasn't actually the question you were supposed to ask. The question you were supposed to say is, hey, listen, Rishi, I need you to tell your family that I'm your fiance. I need to let you, I need for you to let them know that we're more than just friends. And what does it look like moving forward? How long yeah. is that going to take? And how are we preparing for the future? But she doesn't do all that. She says, when will your family accept me? Um, what if your family uh, finds you a match while I'm here? Will you meet that person? And, you know, will your family be comfortable with me? None of those things are what she wants the answer to. So, yeah, you're yeah. going to get frustrated because guess what? You didn't ask the proper questions. So what does he do? He's like, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, this was a worthless conversation. It was terrible. It was terrible. So... <clears throat> Um, after she says, you know, will your family accept me? He's like, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I'm going to choose you and it's either going to be you or I'm just not going to get married. She doesn't like that answer because she's like, well, what? So if they say no, what does that have to, where does that leave me? You're saying mm -hmm. you just won't get married. So where does that leave me? But she doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. She's just like not happy because mm -hmm. again, she has a problem using her words in my opinion. So he convinces her that they'll go with his choice. And so here's the thing. And I think this is the only thing that I felt like she made sense. She's like, well, if they're going to go with your choice, why are we waiting? That part. Why are you waiting? If, if you're so convinced that your family's going to be, yes, everything's great. They'll go with Jen. Then what, why are we episode what? Why are we six episodes in yeah. <laughs> putting around? and lying and deceiving and you having a whole meltdown saying you started your day off with a lie. Well, 
if you don't have to do that because they're going to accept your choice, then what's the problem? Why, why do we have this storyline? What is the disconnect that's happening here? What is the disconnect? So Rishi says basically the disconnect is that he wants her to realize that they're going to all live together and she has to understand what her duties are as a wife. So he wants her now to move in with them and see how that's going to go. And of course, Jen doesn't want to do that. She doesn't feel comfortable. She said, and again, you guys, I don't, what the hell were you guys talking about for two years? You were long distance. All you could do is talk. You couldn't, you know, do the, the jiggy jiggy. So like, then you should have had intellectual conversations. And one of those conversations is, oh, you proposed to me, we're going to get married. Well, where do you want to live? What do we want to spend on housing? Where is the housing? What is that going to look like? How did you guys not ever have that conversation? So yeah. now you're surprised that you're all going to live together? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, it does. And the place that she's in right now, how long was it rented for? Did they tell us? I mean, does she even know? <laughs> she might not know because he picked it. Yeah, she might not know. I'm not even convinced it's a long-term rental. It's probably like an Airbnb. Because I'm convinced that she's not going to be staying there for, for very long. So she doesn't want to go live with his family, which you guys is a big deal because he still was at home. And that is already a whole different set of problems. Because I got to tell you something, if you've never lived by yourself and your mom does all the stuff for you, that's you're in, you're in for a shock, right? Mm -hmm. Because he probably hasn't paid any of the bills. He has his mom that cooks all the meals and maintains the house. So you're going to have this grown ass 30 something year old moving up for the first time. Who do you think is going to do any of the stuff? Again, have we not learned anything from Samit and Jenny? No, they didn't. So she doesn't want to do that. So he has a uh, option B and option B is to go to quote unquote wife training <laughs> at his friend's house. And He's like, if you don't want to move in with me, then go to my friend's house, learn some things from his wife and see if you're going to be able to live this type of lifestyle because you have to understand what your duties as a bride are going to be. What were your thoughts on that? Again, what kind of conversations have you been having for the past two years? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. What have you, this, this is a very basic thing. Hey, what is a day in the life going to look like in Jaipur when I move there? That's a very basic question. Right. And, have, and again, you've been there before, according to you, you've been there multiple times before the pandemic. So I'm just curious, like, what do y'all talk about? Yeah. This is very weird to me that she doesn't, know that this is his expectation and she just said well he likes that i'm independent so i didn't know that he would want this for me but it is a very common thing for men to go after an independent woman and still want them to be in a subservient role absolutely i don't know why it is but it is oh absolutely absolutely so <clears throat> She's a little offended. Um, and again, just like you said, because she says, you know, I'm an independent woman. I can support myself financially, but that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that I don't think you're independent. I don't think you can't support yourself. I just need you to know that this are these are the expectations of a wife and an Indian wife specifically. And if you aren't going to be able to do that, then how are you going to be able to assimilate into my lifestyle? That's what he's saying to her. Yeah. But she's not actually really hearing what he has to say. 
So they get over to his friend's house and Sita is the wife and she's going to be teaching the duties of a bride. She automatically says that she thinks Jen's going to have a hard time serving her husband or the elders in the family because in their culture, meaning American culture, Western culture, uh, they believe in equality. So boys and girls are considered equal. In India, just like Rishi said, the women from birth are uh, raised differently. And so they know what they're walking into when they get into arranged marriages. Here are some of the things that Sita says that she does. <clears throat> um, she makes tea. She wakes up at 4 a.m. She makes tea for her husband and the entire family. She cooks, cleans, and maintains the house. Um, when they're serving food, after she's made food, the men eat first. The women cannot eat before the men are served and eat. And um, she says that there's not the same type of equality as you see in Western cultures. So they get Jen all uh, culturally appropriate in an Odini. And then the bindi is the red dot that's in the middle of her forehead. And they show her some of the things like you're, you're pounding the ginger and the water and the milk and you're making the chai tea for, for the family, all this stuff. And Jen immediately is like, uh, Rishi, can you come here and help me translate? And he's like, well, I can't because one of the things men are not allowed to do is walk in between a group of women. It's considered inappropriate. So I just thought it was interesting. Like you're acting like you've never, ever, ever been to India before. But meanwhile, you told us that you've been there multiple times. I'm just curious, what did you do all those multiple times that you don't know even a little bit of the culture? And then you went back to America where you had two years to study the culture. Like, what were you doing then? I'm just curious. Any thoughts on that, April? I don't know either. I, I feel like given two years to learn a language is a reasonable amount of time for her to be able to have basic conversation. Right. Also a reasonable amount of time for her to... I mean, she's made this other person into a friend, a deer. She made deer into a friend. So right. what I, I'm very, I'm very clueless as to what she's been doing. And yeah, no it didn't bother me. I, I guess I don't care enough about her for it to have bothered me, but I am concerned about. So I know that you don't think that you're like in a relationship really if you're not with the person or you haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. But I think that you can have a good connection with someone long distance. And I'm concerned that they don't even have that. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> okay, Carol, answer the question perfect. Yeah, I don't I don't understand really what's happening. I think that there's a lot lost, uh, a lot of lost time, unfortunately, where they could have probably had other conversations so that we're mm -hmm. not here. If we're in a situation where, listen, y'all are supposed to supposedly have been engaged for two years and you literally don't know each other and you don't know about each other's cultures and you haven't made an effort to, to me, that's a red flag. Yeah. To me, that says that you don't, you don't care enough about each other's cultures to learn learn about each other's cultures and then when you're talking about what did she say that the chemistry is down the chemistry would be down because that shows me that you don't just get you don't give a rat's ass sorry well the chemistry isn't haven't they decided that they're not going to have sex well right that's now? what she said yeah until they okay. get married 
So if they haven't, that's probably the other reason why they felt the chemistry is down because maybe that's what they were connecting over so much before. Right. Listen, y'all, the sex can be great and all that, but if there's nothing past the sex, guess what? It's not going to last. It's not. Sex is absolutely important in a relationship, and I've said that from jump. I tell you, those that's one of the conversations you is a must-have before you get in a serious relationship, but the relationship also has to have other, other things. Yes, absolutely. It just does. But if you're someone who just wants sex, that's okay, too. All right, but <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you can't be a grown person and go ahead and do whatever it is that you want to do, but don't then call it a committed long-term relationship where you're trying to get exactly. married to that person because that's not what that is. Exactly. You can go ahead and have a, a long-term booty call, but say what it is. Yeah. You can go ahead and, and have friends with benefits. Say what it is. You could be hooking up. Say what it is. If y'all are grown and both consenting adults, then that's on you. But yes. what we're Great. not about to do is say, oh, we're building a marriage or a long-term committed relationship over sex only. And we know nothing about each other. And we don't want to know anything about each other because that's not sustainable. It's not. Ah. It's not. Um, okay. So moving on to Jamie and Chris, I just want to say that uh, Chris is doing a whole lot for me personally. And for her to have only been there for four days, I I just personally would not have been able to handle it. I just would not have. I, I would not have, been... have a speculation. Say that one more time. I have a speculation. What's your speculation? I think Chris is in withdrawal. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that shortly. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that shortly. Yeah. So, oh, Wonderlust, thank you so much. It's been a long time since someone sent a super chat or sticker. I really appreciate supporting the show and showing some love. Thank you. I appreciate it. Really supporting the, sh the channel. Um, okay. So Jamie and Chris, three days in Columbia, not three weeks, y'all. I'm not misspeaking. She's Chris has been there for uno, dos, tres days. And you know I have to do it. <laughs> and she, oh, you did it. That's beautiful. That's all I know. And she can't handle it. She can't handle it, you guys. She can't handle it. So, you know, the internet is blowing up because everyone has their theory about what's really going on here. But they do start off the day with looking for furniture for their empty apartment. And you know that I've been talking crap about that all the time. Like you have paper mache on the walls, but you don't have somewhere to sit. You spent hundreds of dollars on some throwaway balloons, but you don't have somewhere to, to sit. You paying an extra hundred dollars a month so that you could have a stove, but you, you don't have a table to eat your, like, stop it. Just y'all stop it. So they are off to get tables and chairs because, quote, their apartment needs help. And unfortunately, something else that they don't agree on is they just have different styles. So Jamie likes more modern. Chris likes more eccentric pieces. So they go to this furniture shop and they can't just like they can't pick anything out because they don't like the same things. But what they can do is find a bed where the narcoleptic person says that she doesn't want to get too comfortable. Or she's going to fall asleep. But she does decide that she wants to have this really important conversation. Okay. 
And the conversation that she's having in the store, instead of having the privacy of your own home where you just were, let's just take it to public. I just feel like I'm a different type of person. Like, I just think that was inappropriate place and time. Yes, I agree. Apparently, she's been served papers back in Alabama to go to court for her stolen rare motorcycle that her dad gave her. And so she has to go back to Alabama the same week that she's supposed to be getting married to Jamie. So they're going to have to change their wedding date. What were your thoughts on that? Um, My first thought is that there's something wrong here. I won't say that she's lying, but if you're the victim in a crime like that, the prosecutor just asks you to come and testify. They don't serve you with a subpoena. Right. And so what do you think the lie is? I'm not sure. I I think mm, huge speculation coming, big speculation. I think she just wants to leave Columbia. Okay. Maybe she does intend to come back, but for the moment, I think she's overwhelmed. Okay. So there is a bike. Uh, Carol says, also, is it normal to have less than a week notice to appear in court? Absolutely not. Oh, you think it is? No, 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 no. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not. They give you months notice. Months normally. But I don't know. Maybe criminal court is different. But I'm going to go ahead and pop up. Here's the bike that Chris uh, is talking about. So this is her rare bike from her dad that apparently was stolen from her that's worth $50,000 that she was going to sell in order to take the $50,000 with her to Columbia. But then someone, some druggie, she said, stole it. And so here is the caption that came along with this April. It says, well, thanks dope heads for totally destroying my beautiful bike. I'm happy it was found during a drug raid, but the Haleyville police department forgot to tell me they found it. So it's been sitting at impound lot since January 28th, added up 250 for towing it plus 35 a day. It sits there. The nice people at the lot says I can get it for 500, which is amazing, but I shouldn't have to pay that. I would have driven at three in the morning the minute they found it to get my baby. Now I have to figure out how to take care of this. In the end, I'm thankful my bike is coming back to me. My dad will be smiling in the afterlife, but I feel like I'm being robbed again because of this incompetence on our public figure's behalf. Now, let me tell you something. I have all kinds of issues with this. If you're a victim of crime, And I'm not an attorney, April's an attorney, but I do have common sense. And I know that if you're a victim of crime and they find your item, what they're not gonna do is make you pay to get your item back. Second of all, it's an impound. If if you were a victim of crime and this was evidence, okay? I watch enough true crime to know that evidence gets stored in the evidence locker. It doesn't go to a third party lot where you then are charged $35 a day. And then now this 50,000, cause she said the bike is worth 50,000. You don't have $500. You don't have $500 to get the bike, the $50,000 bike out. Like all of this is not making sense. Next up there, you're saying thanks dope heads for destroying your beautiful bike. Well, I mean, why did the dope heads know where the bike was? How did the dope heads know where you lived? 
Why are you assuming it's doe pads? And then why did they charge you for $250 for towing it? Like all of that doesn't make sense. If your bike was stolen and the police found it, the police have their own impound yards and um, tow trucks and tow companies that they they literally work with. So who, and like all of this just sounds like a lie to me. Thoughts, yes. April? Um, I agree with you. It, it sounds like a lie. It should have been in an evidence locker. Um, evidence is logged. Um, so it wouldn't be an issue of you just paying for it to get out of compound. It would, at, out of impound, it would be an issue of getting it released from evidence. Um, so yeah, none of this sounds uh, appropriate. At all. Sounds and like BS. Did they destroyed the bike. Like what? Did they take the copper off and sell it? What do you, what do you mean destroyed the bike? According to you from the show, they stole the bike. They found the man. And that's why you have to go back to Alabama in one week because that bike is worth 50000 No, None of what you... that doesn't sound right at all. The trial date should be set far enough out that they have an opportunity to do all their pre-trial conferences. They have an opportunity to talk about potential plea agreements. All of that can't happen in one week. That part. So I don't believe it. I don't believe this this little storyline. You flew all the way to Columbia. You can't make it for because you're now on day four and your back hurts, your leg hurts, my, my arm hurts, my toe hurts, my finger hurts, my eyebrow. Like just you're going through a lot. And I am going to speculate like April is speculating as well. My gut is saying that you're going through withdrawal and yep. whatever that drug was, and I'll pop it on the screen later. Actually, I'll just do it right now. Um, whatever that drug was, was not good enough for you. It didn't, it didn't hit the spot because even the drug, this single max, this is an opioid and we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, but these opioids are over the counter in Colombia. And so whatever this was, was not enough. So to me, you're going through some type of crazy withdrawal mm -hmm. and you're trying to go back. Yeah. That's what we had in her mind that she'd be able to find a dealer down there somewhere and it hasn't happened yet. And this, that drug was not strong enough. She's got to go back. That part. So, she tells Jamie that she has to go back. Jamie's upset. She's she's confused, right? Because you just traveled halfway across the world. It's been three or four days. And now you're saying we not only have to change our wedding, but you're going back to Alabama. Doesn't make sense to her. Um, and then she's like, you know, this is like a repeat when you ghosted me on my birthday. So you were supposed to come here eight months ago and you ghosted, you didn't show up. Jamie says like, you disappeared for a month what happened and chris says well it, she became overwhelmed and she says she was overwhelmed by jamie's neediness now i don't know what i'm missing but the only neediness i'm seeing on screen right now is chris's chris. yes exactly and all of her issues and night terrors and pains and aches and yeah i i, I don't know what she means by jamie's neediness that part so day four and Jamie has an idea. Let's go to the flea market and see if we can get some stuff there. Um, but Chris has 
on her mind the court case. So whether she's going back to Alabama or not, she's in pain. So she says it's limited what she can and cannot do. Um, she feels like there's her pain is increasing. It's either from the flight, the altitude difference, which made no sense to me, or riding on the rough roads there in Columbia. What part of Columbia are they in again? I, I don't I don't even remember. I don't remember. I get confused where they are and where, where Gabe is, but um riding on the rough roads in Columbia. She's okay. I'm gonna tell you something. I again watch a lot of true crime and I just pers- and I could be wrong, okay, but my gut is telling me all of these excuses are like crackish excuses. And they say, and by they I just mean they. I don't I can't tell you who exactly, but they say that crackheads tell you the most excuses. And they're going to continue to tell you excuses until one of them sticks. And so I personally think that there's more to this story. So it's her back, it's the court case, it's the plane ride, it's the rough roads, it's her broken neck, it's her narcolepsy. I think it's withdrawal. Yeah, I think it's withdrawal. And I think it's dope because she constantly refers to heroin. Mm -hmm. I think it's heroin. Uh, They're in Bogota. They're in Bogota. So, okay, I don't get the altitude issue either. If they were somewhere that was higher, I would understand. But yeah, that, I don't think there's an outline. I, I shouldn't say. I'm not her body. I can't tell her. Right. And and that's the other thing. So the other thing I want to say is I don't know, right? So chronic pain is a real thing. And if that's indeed what she's going through, then, then that's what she's going through. I just feel like... No, I... I don't, I don't feel like it's that because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen people in chronic pain. That's not that like chronic pain where they're literally in pain, but they have to still live their life. This is something different. Like they go to the flea market and she can't even, she's crying. She's curled up in a fetal position. She can't get out of the car. So they got to turn around and go home. They call yeah. a doctor, doctor arrives and the doctor's like, well, tell me where your pain is. And like, a professional she's like well i have bulging discs in vertebrae two and three i had a broken neck um and the doctor's looking at her like oh so you know how some people you guys are again i'm just talking i don't know if she could have chronic pain but i know that there are also people that are professional hurt people where they know exactly what they're gonna say is wrong with them to get exactly the prescription that they need Exactly. So the doctor says, well, you have muscle, looks to me like you have muscle and lumbar pain. And so he gives her a muscle relaxant. And now Jamie's like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, she's going to have to get the surgery for her neck. And I don't even know why she's putting it off because she doesn't seem like she's one of those people that has a high pain tolerance, if it indeed is chronic pain. So go ahead and get the surgery so you're out of this pain. Because if you're rolled up in your bed and you can't even go out and walk and do basic stuff and a surgery is going to clear that for you, then go ahead and get the surgery, no? What was the reason she gave earlier for why she didn't get the surgery yet? Uh, Because it's going to be a year for her recovery. Recovery, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get the surgery. I'm really, really scared of surgery. 
Would you, you would just go ahead and get it? I'm I'm scared. If I couldn't walk around all day and I'm crying all day, yeah, mm -hmm. I'd get the surgery. I'd rather have its quality of life. That's true. I'm just nervous <sighs> about any kind of surgical intervention. Oh, and Joss was saying that, you know, she said the surgery costs 100000 I mean. Yikes. Okay, so I'm going to do a spoiler alert. If you guys do not want to hear this a spoiler alert, then this is where you tune out for the next 30 seconds because I'm about to pop it on the screen um, and give you a spoiler alert. So I'll say it one more time. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So this is from today. Okay. And I'm about to spoil it. So, I mean, I don't know if y'all, like I said, don't listen if you don't want to know. But I already knew where this was going. I'm going to share it with you because, like I said, my gut is never wrong. So, Jamie posted this to her social media today. First and foremost, all of the other way, if you guys even care, are all verified now. So, if you're looking for them on social media, they all have their blue check marks as of today. But not only did she post this, she's verified she posted where they are. They're in Jasper, Alabama. It's her son's birthday. She, the caption reads, all he wanted was a chicken and waffle shake for his birthday. Yummy. The people working at Baskin Robbins Dunkin' Donuts are so nice. Hooked it up for us with some great deals. So this is present day. As we know, they filmed before. So if you put two and two together, you're going to get four. She's back in Alabama, which means she didn't really move to Bogota, Colombia can't tell you what the status of her relationship with Jamie is, but I can tell you that she is back in Alabama. Well. Hmm. Jamie's gotta, better off without, if, if they're not together anymore, I'm okay with that. Jamie's better off without her. That's a lot of problems to take on. There's, there's too many other nice gay women for you, Jamie. That part. <laughs> and I mean, these are things that she probably should have shared, you know, pre-taking her trip to Colombia. Um, so, yeah, you guys, I think, I mean, I don't know if they're still together. I'm sure we'll find out. I do have, you know, an opinion on that. But uh, in the meantime, she's back in Alabama. The way Jamie's face looks every time she mentions some kind of new ailment. Right. It's like, you've been here for three days. <laughs> I would feel the same way. I'd be like, you've been here for three days. Like, what more could you have? What more could be happening right now? Are we ever going to have, like, a honeymoon phase where we just, like, love on each other and just enjoy all that stuff? Or are you just going to continue to tell me something else is up going on with you? Like, at what point? That was lingerie night. It's over now. Yeah, right. Lingerie minute. <laughs> All right, next up, Debbie. Love Debbie. Love everything about Debbie. I think she's super eccentric. I love, I even love how she talks. Mm -hmm. So she's excited to get to Morocco. And she's like, I'm here on Moroccan soil. <laughs> she's nervous. She's excited to see her man. She wants to break out into a sprint. Here comes Debbie, the new Olympian. <laughs> Like, how could you not love her? Yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> the way she talks is just so priceless. I have to say Morocco, Morocco when I say it now. Morocco. Morocco. 
So she is excited. She's starting a whole new life. She can't wait to see her Osama. And, you know, she does have some doubts left from her son that seeped into her pores. So she wants her Osama to assure her that all will be okay. <laughs> and she wants to get married right away. So she's like, you know, I don't know what time frame he has. I'm going to let him lead that. But, you know, I want to get married within a month or so of being here. Um, and then we see, hey, Ray Della. We see. Oh, this is not the, wait, wait, wait. That's not the one yet. I got to show you the first one. This is the first one. Oh, no, wait. This is the first one. <laughs> oh, so he did say some cute things, April. He's like, all I need now is my other half to complete. Right? So he's standing there and, you know, I, I, I mean... I'm going to be on my best behavior today. So I'll just say, you know, looking adorable for for the two of them. I think that they're both, they're strange, beautiful, like they call it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me now that I've seen them together. So yeah. she arrives. He tells her, you look like an angel. And it was so adorable because I've not heard this ever and I in real life. But she's like, oh, golly, Osama. Thank you. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> oh, my God. How cute is that, you guys? Who talks like that? Oh, golly, Os Osama. Thank you. We have our strange beautiful. <laughs> and then he's like, close your eyes. And... Oh, here, I want to show you, like, they hug because, you know, it's still a Muslim country. So they're this is the most affection they can show each other. So they give each other a big hug and I miss you so much. And then he says, close your eyes. I felt like he almost said abracadabra and pow, this little flower popped out of nowhere. Looked like he just picked it from the side of the road, but it was still very adorable. And then he said, it was like, the sun was walking. An <laughs> angel came from the heaven to Morocco to save me. <laughs> what? Okay. That's, it's all cute, right? But I personally feel like these two are in for a rude awakening because all of this is adorable. It's very poetic and, and sweet and, and a cute meet cute, a strange, beautiful, all the things. But like, where are y'all living? Have we talked about that? Can we get some reality in here? Are you living on the farm with the dad? He doesn't want to get married, don't forget. And I had a little bit of a red flag when he said she came, quote, to save me. What is she saving you from? From loneliness? From boredom? Financially saving you? Like, rescue you from what? Have we had that conversation? And does she know that she's your American savior? Because that's yeah. a red flag. Yeah, the, the language is a little weird. I'm just hoping that there's something lost in the translation or there's something where, you know, the dictionary that he's using is, is giving him words that are not the words we would use in English, maybe. I'm holding, I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope. 
I mean, I just, I'm here for the way she talks. The rest of it, <laughs> listen, this this is not going to work out. He wants to get married. He doesn't. He's like, no, nah, it's just not going to work. Uh, but she thinks it's her happily ever after and says, this is the moment that I've waited my whole life for. Oh, golly, Osama. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Let me just stop. Okay. There's a whole song you would probably like called Betcha by Golly Wow. Oh, whoa. I'm going to have to look it up. You're going to have to text me. Okay. <clears throat> We're moving on to that. Oh, I see. I, it must be my cold heart, Annie. He seems very sweet. You know what, Annie? He does seem very sweet. I guess I'm just not very. I guess I'm just. I'm very nice, I think. But there's certain things that I just think that are important to talk about like I I would have to know like where are we staying how long are we staying there what even before I got on the plane like what's our plan to get married are you gonna fix that snaggle tooth and like I would have a lot of questions so I'm just saying yeah I'd have a lot of questions too on to Danielle and Johan Okay, you guys, I, you know, listen, I have been sticking up for Danielle from, from day one because I, I, I'm just going off of my first impression and my first impression with her has been very good. My interview with her was very good. Um, but I'm having a hard time because, you know, there was that um, TikTok, uh, what did she call it? Uh, moments of... Oh, what did she call them? She called them, I don't want to miss Teachable them. moments. Teachable moments. Yeah. So she had three teachable moments that y'all just went off on. You guys went off on. Um, you guys went off on. So I am trying to say, listen, you got to see her in her entirety. You got to see her in her entirety and see her from love, in paradise those two seasons her last season and then come on to hear the other way and see the entirety of what she's saying because me, i don't know like i don't know what's going on but i know you guys and i'm the only one that has been like hey let's keep an open mind here y'all are coming for her like you want her to be the villain this season and i get it everyone's like i hate danielle i hate danielle she's this and ooh. but i don't see exactly i guess what you guys are seeing because i've only kind of seen her makes sense. I mean, she talks crazy to Johan here and there. Absolutely. And is she wrong for that? Absolutely. But is she, is she the villain? Like how I feel Angela's the villain? No, no, I don't think so. But y'all are putting those two in the same category and I just don't see it. No, somebody's really putting her in a category with Angela. Yes. Everyone no. is. No, 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 no. Annie says, yes, they're making her look bad because I think they're showing the confrontational stuff, her bad moments, but they must have some good moments. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't see it. And if you guys, I know that that's the minority opinion. So go ahead and tell me what you think and why. Don't just say you hate her because of X, Y, Z. Don't tell me you hate, hate her because of the teachable moments, because she had some points. She had some points. She said, tell me where I said I was bringing Johan to america tell but she but but she's not being honest with them right so there's that 
Um, and then I guess you guys are calling her all these names and you're calling her little person and all the things, but you gotta remember Johan's like almost seven foot tall. So like anyone's going to look short compared to him. Um, I just think you guys should wait to the end of the season, see how it all pans out. But that being said, Johan and her are still fighting. Um, she stayed at the hotel. He went back to his parents' place. Um, and she just feels like, hey, we're married. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm your wife. So we shouldn't be sleeping alone. Um, I shouldn't be sleeping without my husband. He shouldn't be at his parents. He should be here. She says that um, in a marriage, in a relationship, we need honesty. And if there's conf conflict, it's their responsibility to resolve it. This only point of contention for me is, okay, you keep talking about honesty, honesty, and honesty, and trust is a breaking point for you. However, Danielle, you haven't told Johan about the K-1 visa yet. You haven't told him that you've decided that you're not going to do it. So if we're going to have honesty across the board, you have to be honest yourself. So you're upset about this whole situation that he had uh, with the girl, an ex, getting pregnant and you feel like he lied or told you half truth or didn't tell you the whole truth or whatever the case may be, but you two are doing the exact same thing that you're scolding him for. So again, if we're going to be in an equally balanced, healthy, committed relationship, then you can't call out some someone for something that you two are doing just in a different way, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. The other thing you need to do is when you guys are not speaking the same language, you have to repeat back what your understanding was of something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Johan um, wants to resolve things. So he shows up at the, the, hot the hotel. Yeah, they're at a hotel still. And he shows up with a little flower. Um, and, you know, all these men with the flowers and such, like, that's really sweet. But, you know, flowers can only go so far, y'all. I'd rather you communicate and use your words and not piss me off than have to constantly bring flowers. But that's just me. So shows up with a flower. He come, He's come to fix and explain things. And what he says, what he met a girl. She got pregnant. He thought she had a miscarriage because that's what she told him. And then a few months later, he found out from a third party that she actually had an abortion and told her told him that she had miscarried. So he told Danielle that she miscarried because he really wanted to have that baby as well as he's not comfortable talking about it and it still hurts him. So we also learned from someone in the chat last week that there's one letter difference between miscarriage and abortion. So some of that could have been lost in that translation as well. Yeah. So she's like, okay, well, thanks for telling me, you know, we're married. And even though we're married, we haven't known each other for long enough. So what I want us to do is when we have conflict, we have to be able to talk about it and talk it out. She's like, again, I'm your wife. I'm not your girlfriend. And he's like, I understand, you know, I'm going to start working on our communication and so that we can understand each other better. And he realizes that, you know, part of the issue is the language barrier. She thinks that part of the issue is that he is not mature enough, right? So to me, that says that she feels like there's an age issue in there a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's where 
things stood with the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Abby says she wasn't trying to talk and came at him all wrong. Mm, I don't. Okay. So again, like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that she was trying to talk. Uh, I think that there were some things lost in translation. I think that Danielle is very direct and she knows what she expects in a relationship. And I just honestly don't think that she should be faulted for that. Now, again, don't come for me. I do agree that she doesn't speak to Johan properly all the time. Like when she called him her wife, Mm -hmm. right? In in the Dominican Republic, that is absolute because it's so... Uh, patriarchal and male-dominated society, she knows what exactly what she's doing. When she like points her finger at him and says, you know, don't talk when I'm talking, you know, that part, like there's some things that she does that mm, she can handle it better. And I'm surprised by her because, you know, she is a big communicator, so I know she knows better, but she's also in the heat of the moment with her partner and that's her love partner. And we all kind of can get a little extra when it comes to someone that, you know, we're sleeping with. Yeah. Um, Lisa says, if she thinks he's immature, why are they married? Other than producers suggesting this storyline. Uh, Jazzo says she called him toxic. Uh, Jazzo wants to know, can April talk to her moving country while declaring bankruptcy? Oh, you can declare bankruptcy and move anywhere you want. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what she means. And Yeah. Yeah. They don't respect traveling. Oh, and also all bankruptcies aren't the same. I don't know exactly what kind of bankruptcy she filed. There is, I mean, like filing bankruptcy doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have any money. Donald Trump has filed bankruptcy like what, 14 times? Right. That part. It's so interesting. And that's the other thing, you guys. I too think that, so this is a big thing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, she filed bankruptcy and she did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Well, look at all of the really rich people, the one percenters. You go check out their history. A lot of them have filed bankruptcy because it's a credit protection and they get to yeah. keep a lot of their assets and a lot of the debts that they have are covered under their business. Let's not forget that she's a business owner as well. And I don't, like like April said, I don't know what type of bankruptcy she, she, she filed, but maybe a business, it was a under an LLC or an S Corp or whatever. We don't know, but we're villainizing her because she had some problems in the past and filed for bankruptcy. Like y'all Trumpers, you go for him and his thousands of bankruptcy. Yeah. Like, come it on. doesn't mean that she had a problem. Like she could have used a CPA that didn't file her taxes properly or something like that, you know? Um, it could just be a restructuring and moving things around. Bankruptcy doesn't equate to being irresponsible or being poor. Right. And bankruptcy also doesn't equate to she having to pay stuff back. It's a, it's a, again, it's a, a protection over your assets um, or lack thereof. So there's, there's no, your creditors get paid back under the bank's bankruptcy protection. They don't get paid back from your pocket. That's why you've declared bankruptcy. All right, I'm done with that conversation. <laughs> okay. Moving on to Isabel and Gabe, who I feel were the stars of the show, stars of the episode. Stars of the episode, for uh, sure. Isabel specifically as well. Gabe for telling his story, but Isabel for being so supportive. And yes, very supportive. I do still have a criticism of her, I'll tell you though. 
but I would, I feel like she asked the, the questions that she, she wanted answers to. She was genuine about them and she was more accepting than I think that I've ever seen on, on TV. Yeah. And yeah. as far as Gabe, you know, we hear a lot where people are like, you know, my one story, I don't want to have to be like the martyr for everyone's story and all this stuff. But what mm -hmm. I do love about Gabe is that he shared his story specifically in his journey. And he taught us, he taught, like, again, I've said from the jump, I don't know a lot about the transgender community or all the things, but he 100% has been teaching and, yes. for, and being so vulnerable and open. And for that, I'm appreciative. So, yes. Um, they're meeting with a plastic surgeon, um, because he's exploring top surgery, but he's nervous, uh, cause last time he had a bad experience with a doctor back in Florida and the doctor didn't believe that he was transgender. And in order to like have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the doctor, the doctor made him prove that he was transgender. Is that something that happens a lot, April? Um, I don't know how often that happens. That's my first time hearing it because normally you would go, you'd seek out a doctor who already had some experience working with transgender people. So I am very surprised that he had this experience. I'm not surprised that it happens in general, but I'm surprised somebody like Gabe who would do research before visiting a physician would have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Um, Lori says, I've learned so much from Gabe. I really appreciate it. Same, yeah. same, Lori, same. So much. So Gabe is hoping he has a better experience in Columbia. Um, and I just, my note says that Isabel has been a super supportive. She's like, they get to the doctor's office. And even before Gabe gets out of the car, she's like, I love you and I support you. And she tells, you know, the cameras that she finds Gabe attractive just the way he is but it's his body, his choice. I support whatever it is that he wants to do, mm -hmm. his body. And she's like, I support him completely. Um, one of the things we do find out from the doctor in Columbia is that um, transgender is not common um, in Columbia. And he, this is the only, this is, this is only his second time seeing a transgender person at the doctor's office. Um, that being said, I thought he was actually really, like, embraceive and informative. Yes. Um, and how you would, I would think you would want a doctor to answer the questions and not be judgy. And ask exactly. the right questions, too. Like, yes. For you to have all the information that you need to make an informative decision about your body. Right. He, he made it a very comfortable experience for yeah. Gabe, I thought, and also for the viewer. Yeah, I thought that too, 100%. Um, so he asked Gabe, so what else have you done besides taking hormones? And then Gabe explains that he's had bottom surgery, which is phalloplasty. thank you. And then not just that he takes it one step further and says what technique did you they use i was like okay doctor <laughs> you have my my attention who what where <laughs> different techniques and all the things and gabe said he had the alt uh technique and so what we learned is you can either get the skin 
and nerves from the thigh, the arm, or like your side area here. Um, but if you get it from your arm, then that area is going to be thinner than if you get it from your thigh, right? That's what you yes. said? Okay. And then when Gabe had his surgery, he had a lot of complications, you guys. And that's the part that was scary to me because he didn't have just one and not two. He had three surgeries because they all had complications. So the first one, um, he had decided that he was going to get the skin and nerves from his thigh. Um, but once they put him under, there was not enough nerve tissue on that leg. So they had to like only do part of the surgery. And then he had to stay like three weeks and use the other thigh for the rest of the skin and nerves. But then he had a complication with his urethra. Urethra, yeah. Closed. So he couldn't urinate. Um, and so he had three surgeries, all painful. Um, and so he's thinking about all of that as he's thinking about having the top surgery. Right. Right. So then the doctor explains, the doctor actually asked him why he decided to get the bottom surgery before the top surgery, because most people get the top surgery first because it's an easier surgery. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember, do you remember what Gabe's answer was? Uh, I don't remember what his answer was. Isn't that weird? I just blanked out. In my mind, I thought he didn't think that he needed the, the top surgery as much. No, I remember he said that it was most important to him. It was, that's what he it was said. more important, right? Yeah, it's most important to him. And then <clears throat> uh, the doctor talked about uh, prosthetic options. So there's a couple of prosthetic options, uh, but Gabe doesn't want to do those implants. But just for our knowledge, they taught us that there's like the a rod option, which is like a pipe cleaner he compared it to. And then there's the inflatable, which is exactly what it sounds like, that you can squeeze the area and it inflates. Right. So I was like, wow, in that like first five minutes, I learned so much. All the things that I had no idea about, all the things that are major things that you have to think about, April. Like, I, I guess I just didn't realize and how... Um, just how many steps there are to get to what you want. Does that make sense? Correct, yes. Um, and then, so we get to his consultation for um, top surgery and they're talking about the thorax and the doctor is explaining how he thinks that the nipple needs to be like in a higher area and um, what that would look like and Gabe is, concerned about scarring. He's also remembering how his previous surgeries caused him a lot of pain. There was a lot of blood and all of that stuff. And so he's not sure. He's very undecided because of all the complications from before. And I thought that that was a genuine thing to think about. Yes. Genuine concern. Okay. So am I covering this way? Is there anything you want to jump in with, April? No, no, I think you're covering it. I mean, Gabe explained everything so well. Um, and the doctor's inquiries and mm -hmm. extras that he did on the side were so mm -hmm. good that I feel like 
you can't really come away from this confused about what's happening. You can come away from it not agreeing with it, but you you're probably not you can't be confused by it. Okay. Um Amanda says it sounded so scary. I also wonder if he got a surgery in the US or abroad. It I felt by the way he told the story that he got his surgery in the US. He didn't say exactly, but I also had the impression that he got it done in the U.S. Because he would have had to get it done in a place where somebody was available to help take care of him. Yeah. Um, it looked like he was at, at home on the toilet. Yep. Um, okay, so he's undecided and that's how he leaves it. But he had, I thought his, his consultation with the doctor was informative and it gave him all the tools that he needed to make whatever decision he decides that he's going to make. Right. In the meantime, uh, him and Isabel uh, head for like tea and coffee to kind of decompress and like talk about what, what that looks like and what decisions they might make. Um, And she asks, you know, some informative questions without being judgy and, and just trying to understand like what everything looks like. So she talks about, um, the eggplant and she wants to understand like why Gabe feels like he doesn't need the implants Mm -hmm. and Gabe explains that to her and again explains like the different areas and all of that um and we understand that that eggplant is like ready at all times and that and because he got it from the thigh he doesn't feel like he's ever gonna get the prosthetic he doesn't need it right um and the way his doctor worked it out was uh, I don't remember or urethra urethra is urethra urethra yeah. urethra um that same liquid is just has a longer longer journey um Gabe explains how at first after do I do I would I say like transition after surgery, after, after post-surgery, surgery. post-surgery, he was not really happy. He didn't really like the results. He thought it was ugly. He thought it wasn't the same as others. But Isabel, being supportive, she's like, they're all ugly and beautiful, <laughs> and it is definitely the same. Um, and then he talked about some of his fears, and one of his fears was, you know, the first time uh, he was going to be with someone, he was scared, he thought he was going to get trapped, you know, all the things, because I'm sure he wasn't sure how to be familiar with it because he wasn't familiar with it right um but all went well nerves are all correct are connected correctly i uh, talked about the liquids i just explained that to you and isabel's you know what at the end of the day it's all good i love you for who you are and she was all accept uh, accepting yes i think i explained that pretty well i think he did really good it goes back to an earlier episode where remember she said that he finishes and she feels like you know it's fine because he does so he actually explained that this time so i think that's really good yeah i think that that it was now we understand and we also understand the different options yeah Um, and so again i just want to praise both isabel and gabe for sharing their story and also making this a teachable moment because for me this was a teachable moment I learned so many things that I had no idea about um and I feel like 
even the doctor. The doctor explained a lot. Isabel asked the right questions. Gabe was open and vulnerable. And I think that at the end of the day, you guys have reached, you know, millions of people and taught us stuff that we just had no idea about. And I always say the more we know, the more we can empathize. And the more we can empathize, the more we can love on each other and have less misunderstandings because we understand now, right? Yeah. The other good thing about this conversation is that we are witnessing a couple having a real conversation. Yeah. You know, like not even the subject matter, but like how often do we get to see a couple that's having a real genuine conversation where the one person is listening and the other person is affirming? Yeah. Now, one of the things I do think was interesting is that, you know, they had a little bit of a translation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the um the, the translator was messing them up. Yeah, it's called, it was saying something about being cooked, and then they both yeah. had. A look. And I also did think that 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 lightened up the whole situation yeah. as well too. And you guys don't think I've forgotten that with Chris and Jamie, who last episode needed a translator at this episode, which was super heavy. Someone's leaving, and there's a felon and a stolen bike and all the things. There was no app necessary. Don't think I've forgotten about that. I just didn't say anything because it was ridiculous then and it's ridiculous now. <laughs> Y'all are acting like us fans don't notice all the things. We notice all the things. Just saying. I was going to let it slide because I'm like, maybe three days has been long enough for her to start getting used to her accent <laughs> again. Or maybe it's because she's facing her directly and speaking where she can read her lips a little bit more. See, I was going to let it slide, Jamie. No, she was curled up on in the back of the car. She was lying in the bed. Like, just stop it, y'all. Stop it. All right. Last and certainly least in my books. <laughs> and all I want to say is go home, love. Go home. Yes. Go all the way home. And now we know, at least now we know why she really got there. Why she really went. Why do you think she really went? This business that she wants to start. Yeah, because she's ridiculous otherwise. She wants to find some way to capitalize off this clothing thing. Yeah, because she, she's ridiculous yeah. otherwise. 100% ridiculous. And you know what? I found that she's super manipulative in this episode. You want to blame him and, and throw everything back on him when you're the one that did a 180. You committed to all these things and said all the things, promised him all the things, and guess what? Got married on those promises, and now you're taking it all back, but he's the one that won't compromise. You better get the hell out of here. That's what you need to do, Nicole. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then, you guys, this whole damsel in distress, she can't do anything because she's just so, oh, oh. I can't take it. Like, I cannot. She's like a deer in headlights all the time. I can't take it. <laughs> Your grown ass doesn't know how to light a gas stove. You don't even have to be wherever. You don't have to be halfway across the world. You were not taught how to light a gas stove ever in your whole 30s. Or all the time that you were in Egypt before. Doesn't make sense to me. So she's trying to light the stove. She can't. She's all like frail and ah, my mood, come help me. Oh, I can't. What? Oh, oh my God. I just can't <laughs> with her. She's feeling discouraged. 
And then she's like, you know, it's hard to be alone in the apartment. Even though his mom's there, she's still alone by herself when he's at work. <laughs> you can't go and hang out with the brother's wife. You can't go hang out with the brother's wife and her kids. You can't immerse yourself in the culture and learn from her while you got nothing to do all day. Stop it. And then the fact that he's like, so he helps her and then he's like, I'm going to go off to pray. Now, here's what just drove me crazy, April. She tells us that she converted. She told her parents that she converted, but none of her is converted, y'all. No. She won't wear the hijab. She won't, she doesn't want to dress modest and she doesn't want to do any of the prayers. So when he's like, will you come? It's prayer time. Cause you know, they pray five times a day. Let's go pray. She's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make my tea. So exactly what part of the religion is she practicing? None of it. None of it. And I find it disrespectful. I find everything about her disrespectful. I find that she wants everything to be on her terms. She's talking about how he doesn't compromise. Show me one compromise that she's done. Just I one, 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 one thing. Her arms embraced his culture even a teeny tiny bit. So my note, <laughs> and it's not very kind. But I was like, this bitch. <laughs> she said she converted. And now she's changed her mind completely. And she wants to blame her husband on not being flexible. So they're supposed to be going to his uncle's. Apparently his uncle has his own clothing line, clothing company. And they're going to get advice on how to start a clothing business. She wants to start some fully modest clothing line that's hip whatever. She's talked about something about being modest and the back being, oh, I don't know. And he's like, trying. he, Mahmood, is trying to be the one that actually is compromising. So he says to her, you can wear whatever you want, love. Just be modest. And then he goes, will you put on a hijab today? She's like, no, never! Never! I was like, I'm sorry, who's not compromising? I don't like it. And she doesn't, and the reason she doesn't like it, you guys, is because she feels it makes her head hot. Yeah, that was her reasoning. That was really weird. I understand, like, some people feel like that's what makes me closer to God and so that I want to do it. And other people feel like it's not necessary for me to have my relationship with Allah. But her reason is just, it makes me hot. That doesn't, I don't like that reason. It's not my life, but I don't like the reason. I don't like the reason. I don't, I don't like anything that she's doing right now. I don't like anything that she's doing. So then he's like, you know, you promised me before that you would wear the hijab. You promised me that you would dress modest. And he's like, I have to stay firm in my convictions. And I don't think we can be together anymore. And then she's like, I can't believe you made me come here. No one made you come here, sister. Absolutely no one. You didn't want to come, and you brought yourself there on your own for the love of it. 
Exactly. For the love of it. And now, just like April said, we actually found out the reasons because you're trying to start your clothing company because whatever was happening back in LA wasn't happening. That's why you were Ubering or whatever the hell you were doing. Yeah. And now you saw an opportunity, which is why you originally were there for your first trip when you were sourcing materials. And now you found that your husband's uncle is in the business. So yeah, you want to get the, the connect. Yeah. But you don't want to have anything else to do with anything. Just give me your goods, give me your knowledge, but I don't want to have to respect anything about the culture, the religion, none of it. I just want to make my money and run, honey. I can't tell you what that sounds like, but let that sit with you for a yes. minute. Yes, yes. It's like okay. it's like a reverse of what a lot of immigrants get accused of. Yep. Let let that sit with you for a minute. Yeah. Right? Christopher Columbus. Okay, so he's like, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. It's clear that I can't make you happy. I'm not the right person. And again, I'm going to say, Linda Entwee's going to say, go home, my love. Go home. <laughs> okay. So he says all of that stuff. What is she doing? Because she's super dramatic in her life. Oh, woe is me. She's packing. She's packing to leave. She's only been there a few days, but mind you, she should never have gone because she never wanted to go there. She never wanted to move there, you guys. And she won't be there much longer. Okay? Also, so, she's not really packing. She's just straightening up her clothes. Listen. <laughs> oh, listen. Okay? All she wants is her way or no way. And she wants the attention and she wants it to be like, oh, woe is me. But it's it's at some point, you know what? You're just going to have to suck it up and have the courage of your convictions. If this is not what you want, then say this is not what you want. If indeed you want to start a business or whatever, say that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm tired of is blaming my mood, blaming the culture, blaming the this, all the things when it's clearly something that you've never actually really wanted. You said you wanted it and you jumped into it before you did any research. You had all the years to do more research and you didn't do anything, but then now you're on a TV show and having your 15 minutes of fame and coming all over and you're acting a fool and running amok, like, just stop it. Just go ahead. If you're going to pack up your bags, go ahead and pack up your bags and leave now. Save me the time and energy so that I don't have to sit here and say this bitch. Go home, my love. Go home. Yeah, they're definitely not making it. <sighs> Vanessa yeah. says, when you're making a business pitch, you do what you gotta do. Oh, she could do a lot better at this business pitch. Start off by learning the language love. Or or be honest. Okay. And don't toy around with someone's heart if yeah. you are in it for different reasons. Because, you know, just a few episodes ago, you were on the brink of divorce. So this, I love you, love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I'm not going to confront any of the issues. I'm not converting. I'm not wearing anything that you say. I'm not eating any of the things that you say. I'm not praying, uh, but I'm, I've fully converted. Oh, and by the way, you made me come here for our love. Just, mm -hmm. I don't know what misconception she has in her mind, but that's absolutely not what I've been watching. Yeah. She won't even just for one day to visit the uncle, just go ahead and put the hijab on. Which, by the way, they always say hijab. Am I saying it wrong? I thought it was hijab. It's hijab. 
I haven't heard them say Every, that. Though. Listen to next time both of them say it. They say he got him. Okay, I'll listen up closer. Yeah. I'm still, I'm just always looking at her like, now what? And the fact that she cries to like the producers and the cameraman, like they're her besties, is really weird to me. Like, I can't yeah. believe he said this. I can't believe he's leaving me a scholarly word. So she says to him, don't make me come here and stop playing with me as if he's the one that's been playing all the time. You, Nicole, are the one that switched up the game. You changed your mind. You changed the rules. In one breath, you're saying you converted. On the other breath, none of us, including your husband, can see any part of you that has converted. None. Okay. And so my note and my lasting note is this. You probably can't see it. But it says, is Nicole crazy? <laughs> I think that she needs a timeout. I think she needs to sit in a corner and reevaluate all the decisions she's, she's made up until this point and ask herself, is this indeed what I want to do? And if it's not, that if she could stop torturing us, Stop lying to her husband and go ahead and just go back to yeah. LA yeah. and call it a day. They're at a ridiculous place because she agreed that she was going to do certain things. She did them for a little while and then she said, I don't want to do them anymore. And he keeps on going back to the, well, you agreed, you agreed. And she's like, yeah, but I changed my mind. So they're in a ridiculous loop of the same over and over again. Neither one of them has moved to the present, which is he wants me to do these things. And I do not want to do them. Neither one of them talks to each They don't talk in the present. They talk about yeah. what she promised and how she changed her promise. And that's yeah. getting nobody anywhere. Yeah. So like yeah. talk in the present and decide, are there any options from the present right now? Is there an option, like Annie said, to do a loose scarf? Is there an option? You know, like they, they don't talk about that. They're just like, well, this is what you said. Well, I changed my mind. This is what you said. I changed my mind. This is what It's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. And going like, nowhere fast. Draw out uh, what the options are. <laughs> it's Ama Amanda said, apparently Egypt is a harder G for her job. G unit. <laughs> and I'm going to leave you guys all with this. So it's a behind the scenes that Nicole posted, or I don't know, maybe Mamu posted. I don't know. I found it online. Um, other production company. So that's obviously sh like sharp entertainment abroad. Um, and you I obviously just, they're taking the picture on purpose, but why does she still look startled? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question because she always looks start startled as far as I'm concerned. But I wanted to show you guys this because every time now moving forward that you see she is crying to a cameraman, it's one of these people that she's crying to. Mahmood left me alone. Mahmood, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't wanna pray. I don't wanna wear modest clothes. I don't even wanna be here. I can't turn on the stove. I'm all alone. I wanna go buy a chandelier even though I don't have an apartment. Like all the things, okay? These are the people that she's having the mental breakdowns to. They're probably so annoyed with her. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> My mood is nice looking, though. 
Is he a nice looking guy? He is. You don't think so? He uh, is. Uh, okay. Okay, maybe I have a type. I I think the cameraman on the left is is better looking than him. I I do, I do I, like a little chunky. I'm a chunky. He's a little chunky. too short for my liking and little, I don't know. I don't know. How tall do you think he is? Wait, how tall are you? I'm five eight. Oh, okay. We're the same height. That's he, right. Me and Amanda, we're here. Oh, Amanda says he's got juicy lips. I I just I don't. Mm -mm, he's not for me. Anyhow, you guys, it's been a great show. Thank you so much for being here. I love having April on in her perspective. You guys don't forget to check her out. She has a YouTube page as well as she's all across social media. Uh, you guys don't forget to like and subscribe. And I know I keep I'm catching up, y'all, between like the no power situation and the Super Bowl, and now the Oscars and all the things. It's just been a lot. So bear with me. Um kind of been bean stocky yeah <laughs> but maybe we'll do a poll because clearly a lot of y'all think he's a hottie so we'll do a poll. <laughs> um but we'll be back soon so until then like subscribe and we'll see you soon bye, -bye. bye guys